Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. If you didn't know it, I don't like to read. I don't. I just have to look at a book, and it's pure Z's. So, I love all these apps that we get on our phones. One is the Bible app which is cool because it actually can read the scriptures to you. So for me, the best time to listen is when I'm reading, when I'm on my way to work in the car and I don't fall asleep. (laughs) However, I don't, I never recommend using your GPS at the same time you're listening to the scriptures because it goes something like this. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a U-turn. Recalculating. Recalculating. Recal- you get the idea, right? Well, so have you want- ever wondered who am I? Where did I come from? How did I get here? Well, this morning, if you didn't know, I'm going to tell you. So, you could get to know me better and maybe figure out where all of us are going. Let's take a look at Zechariah 1 verse 4. Do not, lay, do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out, saying, Thus says Adonai Sebaot, Turn back now from your evil ways and from your evil deeds. But they did not listen or pay attention to me. It is a declaration of Adonai. Let's go back into my history, way back to 1969. It's kind of like one of those TV shows, you go, go back. That's 53 years ago. There were hippies and Woodstock. The Beatles just broke up with their Let It Be album. They first tested the Boeing 747. And that would be the year we would be the first to land on the moon. I was a scrawny kid living in Massapequa, Long Island, New York. Yep, that Massapequa, home of the All-American Burger, where Jerry Seinfeld and the Baldwin brothers were from. I was raised in a typical conservative Jewish home and went to a synagogue of the same type. Some of you might know this story. With one brother, four years my senior, who loved to pick on me. Ah, brotherhood, right? Like I said, pretty typical. My parents were active in an organization called B'nai B'rith and my mother was a chapter president. They took part in many events 
within the local Jewish community. We went up to the Catskills and down to Jones Beach, but something very weird happened. They suddenly stopped going to our synagogue for unknown reasons to me. I was 12 years old. I was a Hebrew school dropout, and I never had my bar mitzvah. That was until almost five years ago when I turned 60. I had it here. So it's never too late, right? But I had to learn from my parents what it meant to be Jewish. I wasn't really sure. My dad was a kosher butcher from Brooklyn by trade, taught me to stay Jewish, marry Jewish, and reject the idea that Jesus, or Yeshua, was for us. He told me that our ancestors died for who they were. He told me about the Jews in Spain during the Inquisition. That was on my mother's side of the family, so I am Sephardic. And many that lost their lives during the Holocaust on my father's side of the family. So I was Ashkenazi. Boy, I got it from both sides. That was a very, very powerful thing for me to hear. So it sticks with me even to this day. I had several directions that my life took, but did I listen to what God might have been telling me? No, because I didn't have a relationship with God. I was not connected to his GPS. That's God's positioning system. I was not aware of God's plan for my life. In the 70s, I was in high school and I wasn't very popular, nor very smart. I squeaked by with my grades and like some teens normally do, I was trying harder to get girlfriends than my grades. Not successful. But I did manage to graduate, graduate high school, and went to a couple of years of college. I went from rock to disco and really loved the dance floor. And I can still cut a rug. <laughs> but time passed. I did those two years of college. I met my first wife at that time. But I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after college. So in my second year, I joined the Navy. I remember the day I came home and told my family how proud I was. Because my father used to say something to me that was very interesting. He'd say, you know, you should join the military because it will straighten you out. I didn't know anything was wrong with me. So guess what I did? I joined the military. And I came home all proud. Hey, mom and dad, guess what I did today? What? I joined the Navy. What'd you go and do a full thing like that for? It's like, but I thought you told me. I don't know. But anyway, my first marriage lasted through the 80s. Many years I went from one bad situation to another. In the 90s, I left the Navy under less than desirable circumstances. They didn't like me, 
and I didn't like them. So it was mutual, but it was on my own terms. I had another relationship lead to a second failed marriage, which left me heartbroken and bankrupt financially. I wasn't really sure which way I was going with my life. Then in the year 2000, Y2K everybody, there was a slight change in direction. I turned on a new road. I found my one true love. Bonnie, and, Bonnie and, and I were married in 2003. Hey, the third time's the charm, folks. 19 years this past week, right? Amen, hallelujah. What's the secret? Just don't talk to her. No, <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Say yes, dear, all the times you can. All right, but anyway, the first few years of our marriage was still on a road that was a bit foggy, uncertain for the next six years. We existed, we were happy, but we didn't have much discipline or direction or purpose. Let's take a look at Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider things of the past. Here I am doing a new thing. Now it is springing up. Do you not know about it? I will surely make a way in the desert rivers in a wasteland. In 2009, I really felt something was missing in my spiritual life. But because of how I was raised, I was afraid to take that leap of faith. Was I perhaps turning my back on my parents or my heritage? So I asked a friend and a coworker who I knew to be a very positive Christian man. And every day that I saw him, he'd never have a bad thing to say. He'd always have a friendly word, a smile on his face. And so I went to him because I wanted what he had. And he said, there are people out there that are like you. They're Jewish, but have become believers in Jesus. They're called Messianic Jews. And they're considered completed Jews. So as he said, I would not be becoming a Christian, not that there is anything wrong with that, but it was just not necessary for me to take that route. This excited me because I would not be discouraged or disregarding my heritage. I would be adding something truly special. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the plans that I have in mind for you, declares Adonai, plans for shalom and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So at the same time I was talking to my friend at work, Bonnie was working here for the city of Richmond when a co-worker of hers told her there was a place that Jews and Gentiles worship God together that we might be interested in. It's 
called Tikvot Israel. It's located at the corner of the Boulevard and Grove back then. When we got home from work, we told each other what had happened. We were awestruck because this happened the exact same time. It's never happened to us like anything like this in our life before. So this was clearly a sign. Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. See, that's the key word, added to you. So I plugged in a new GPS. Something amazing happened. Bonnie and I paid Tikvot Israel a visit. This was Hebrew school plus 40. Let that sink in. When I came through those doors, I felt very strange, but in a good way. I looked around and there was people from all ethnicities, Jews and Gentiles, from all walks of life worshiping Adonai together. And when the service started, the liturgy that I remembered as a young man, how dry it seemed, but this felt so different. It filled me. There was singing, dancing, unheard of. I couldn't believe it. Never ever have I experienced that in any synagogue I've been growing up in my life. But it filled me with what I would learn later was the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. So like the Israelites that were forced to wander 40 years in the desert because they disobeyed God until they were consumed, I had wandered in the worldly desert for 40 years. I believe because I didn't listen to God. But by the grace of God, I was not consumed. And here I am feeling spiritually reborn. Isaiah 53, verse 6. Now I might tell you this. Think about this. If you go to other synagogues, they ignore this verse. They ignore Isaiah 53. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way. So Adonai has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Folks, I will admit here right now that I sometimes make mistakes and not follow his way. Why is it we think that we have a better way? We turn left when God says he wants us to turn right. I would be very stubborn and say, I know the way, but the GPS is saying, go another. And I keep hearing, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. Then guess what happens? I'm somewhere I shouldn't be or don't want to be. Or maybe it takes me longer to get where he wants me to be and doing what I'm supposed to do. Maybe I don't go get there at all. 
That's a lesson he gives us, gives me. We are not perfect. There was and is only one that is perfect. That is Yeshua the Messiah. He is the new thing that Isaiah spoke about, as we saw earlier in chapter 43. And like sheep, we have gone astray. So Adonai has laid on him the iniquity of us all in chapter 53. God knew exactly what I needed, what we needed. So I'm sure you're thinking, well, since you were not a believer, when did you become one? Well, it wasn't one of those instantaneous moments. I mean, when we started coming here, I did felt something different, as I said earlier, but I had to find out who this Yeshua was. So I know about the Old Testament and the Tanakh, but what was this New Testament? I started listening and learning from people that knew the word from back to front, front to back. I learned so much by being a part of a men's Bible study that was made up by mainly Jewish men hungry to learn the truth in the scriptures. I learned from a man that I thought was more Jewish than I ever was. Turned out, he was a Gentile. Shocker. He was married to a Jewish woman. That's Robert and Sandy Ramos, who a few years ago made Aliyah to the Promised Land, Boca Raton, Florida. He taught me where in the Torah it pointed to Yeshua and where Yeshua fulfilled the scriptures. I learned that both the Tanakh and the New Testament are one continuous thing. The Old Testament is not outdated or replaced somehow, but it was over time that I came to be a believer, that following Yeshua is the most Jewish thing that I could have done or you could do as a Jew. All the apostles were Jewish. And I could stay a Jew and believe in him and follow him. It was during that Bible study that it hit me like a ton of bricks. When I read Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. And I don't have this on the overhead, so I'll read it to you. For to us a child is born, a son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, my Father in eternity, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and shalom, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness, from now until forevermore. The zeal of Adonai Tzavot will accomplish this. Everything was building 
to that point. And that sealed the deal in my heart. Who my Messiah was. Shua is my Messiah. That through that thought that my dad had placed in my head so many years ago, melted away. You see, because I was hungry for the knowledge of the truth, and I found it. I learned how to pray. I never really knew how to most of my life. I learned how to serve this community in many areas because it brought joy to those that I serve. And through that, it brought joy to me. And I discovered when you give joy, you get joy back. It's perpetual. Somebody once told me, and this is how they said it. I'll see if I could do this right. If you want to know the truth, you better ask somebody. So, <laughs> anyone else ever hear that? Someone invited this Jewish kid back to the synagogue. And this Hebrew school dropout relearned Hebrew and got his bar mitzvah. Now this message this morning is not to tout how great I am, no, but to praise how great he is. For if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. He's, he fulfilled the relationship. He's fulfilling the relationship with God. Yeshua is the GPS we need to plug into and follow. Let me tell you another story that Yeshua did in John 2. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. Yeshua's mother was there. Yeshua and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. Where the wine ran out, Yeshua's mother said to him, they don't have any wine. Yeshua said to her, woman, what does this have to do with you and me? My hour hasn't come yet. His mother said to the ser servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone jars used for the Jewish ritual of purification, each holding two or three measures. Yeshua said to them, fill the jars with water. So they filled them up to the top. Then he said to them, take some water out and give it to the head waiter. And they brought it. Now the head waiter did not know where it had come from, but the servants, had drawn the, the servants who drew the water knew. As the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine, he calls the bridegroom and says to him, everyone brings out the good wine first. Whenever they are drunk, then the worse. But you've reserved the good wine until now. Yeshua did this the first of the signs in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Yeshua reveals. He changed the water into wine. He'll change your life 
into joy and glory. He will do it. You know I associate signs with direction, with GPS. So when I was listening to this portion, it was one of those aha moments for me in my work, my walk with the Lord these 13 years and linking up with my Messiah. I think it was appropriate for Yeshua to turn the water into wine. Why? Because the wine in the new covenant represents what? Blood. And what does blood represent in the Torah? Life. Chai. Now, I also believe it was God's plan at this time for Yeshua to reveal his power regardless of him saying to his mother, my time had not yet come. Why? Because God wants us to have a relationship with him through our Messiah, Yeshua. What is more appropriate than a wedding? We are his bride. This scripture that's coming up next was one of our scriptures of the year several years back, but I believe it still applies today. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So, now you know how I got here. Now you know my journey. But the journey's not over. I'm still learning. I'm still listening. Trying, tying everything into the direction that he is directing me. What about you? What about your life? Are you using the world's GPS are using his GPS. Are you plugged into Yeshua and what he has in store for your life? This way you have clear vision of the road ahead. And even though there will be potholes, accidents, traffic jams, recalculating, 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 you can rest assured he will get you to your destination. Shabbat Shalom. Baruch Hashem.